hallelujah. I'm waiting on a miracle. Well, I, I, I have, a, I have a, a little praise report I want to share with you. But um, before I do that, I want to finish my announcements that I didn't quite finish last time. And that is, so if you were participating in the bread program last year, uh, Elder Johnson's back from his trip. He was helping his brother-in-law from a heart surgery and whatnot. He's back safely, and uh, they're back safely. But that's the man. Go like this, Brother Johnson. That's the man you got to see. Let him know he's going to have some. He's going to have some um, recognition uh, for those that have that that accomplished a very good thing, a very very good thing. I mean, that's that's an exceptional thing in in my book. Um, that's my announcement. And then here's my 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 miniature praise report. I kind of already alluded to this when we did our praise uh, service or whatever. I'm closing up another deal on my house, so, uh, you know, my payment's going down. I, I, thank you, Jesus. I just want to say, God is great. I didn't, I didn't have to fax papers or sign in triplicate or any of that. I mean, they did me so easy. It was like, I just, I, I want to thank God, and I, I do. I really do. I mean it. It means a lot to me because I feel like I'm just I feel like I'm being blessed more than I really deserve. That is how I feel. I, maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. So thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, um, if you have your Bibles, I, I have, I'm going to hit you with a bunch of scriptures and like in rapid succession, but I'm just going to start off uh, quickly with a couple of, of scriptures. And that's going to be 2 Timothy verses, verse 3 and 5. And then after that, it's going to be Romans 1. And 16. So 2 Timothy 3 and 5, and then Romans 1 and 16. We got it up there on the board, so if you haven't found it, we can read along. 2 Timothy 3 and 5 says this Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. I want to draw your attention to denying the power. We, we cannot deny the power that God bestows upon us as Christians. Not, not just me, not just the pastor, but everybody, all of us. And then if we go down to, uh, back to Romans 1 and 16, it reads as, as this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So if you want to make a guess on what I'm going to talk about tonight, I'll just tell you before you have to strain your brain cells. And it's uh, a title that if I have to title, I'm going to title it uh, Overcomers Through Christ. Overcomers Through Christ. And uh, that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. So I really, I really want to, um, I really want to pray that we can, we can just be encouraged by this message, by this, by this word here tonight. I want to be encouraged because every once in a while, I mean, the situation, I haven't been perfectly at ease or comfortable over the last few weeks. It's been, it's been different. It's not been like any other time that I've been alive. So I want to encourage you. I've said it last time I was up here. God is on the throne. 
we don't have anything to worry about. But, but he still has a plan for you. He still has a plan for each and every one of us here that we're going to be involved with. So with that being said, um, God bless you all. You may be seated. Uh, thank you, brother or sister Sonia. Gosh, I got so many. We have so many talented people here. I don't know who's over there playing the keys any longer. It's like next thing I know, it's going to be Caleb if he practices. <laughs> okay. Well, so I want to talk about overcomers through Christ. The primary message of the gospel is and always will be Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. We identify our life with the life of Jesus Christ through experiencing the new birth plan of salvation and experiencing a spiritual death, burial, and resurrection. God's word is replete with instances and examples of his power that makes us overcomers of this world and hell. And I will add one more to that, and that is sin. We can overcome sin by Christ, by God by his power we we are overcomers uh by his blood revelations 12 11 says and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death and i know death it just seems i guess if i if i were to summarize how i feel about the last year 2020 everybody said it's just a bad a bummer type year and not great and i agree it there was some tough times but I, I really think that with the year, in, to me, it really brought death into focus for me. Because either I experienced somebody in my family or family members being sick, and then if it was COVID, then you, you, you are concerned that they could die because it's, it's potentially deadly. Well, people, you could die probably from a stubbed toe. If you uh, don't get it treated and it bleeds out and you get gangrene and you let it get, we're gonna all going to die. Okay, death is part of life. Death is part of life. But death also is part of Christian life even so much more because of the death that was, that was sacrificed for us on the cross, the death of Jesus Christ. That, we have to keep that. We can always, we, can, we, can, we must always, and we can never forget about the sacrifice made for us. But we have to identify with that death, the death that Jesus made on the cross. Uh, we identify it as, as this. Um, Romans 6 and 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. We were baptized into his death. So that's just one of the, well, when we're baptized, we're identifying with the burial of Jesus Christ. But we are baptized into his death because it's a, it's a process. It's part of the, the larger plan that's going forward at that time. We also have to understand that we, if we're going to be overcomers, we're going to be overcomers by his spirit, not by our spirit. Uh, uh, I, this brings to mind one thing I said out in Fallon um, on Sunday, and that was we, we have tremendous power as, as Christians. We have power to cast out devils. We have power to, to overcome sin. We have powers to, but one thing we cannot do is we cannot cast out a human spirit. We, have, we can't cast out a human spirit. That spirit belongs to this body. It belongs to this, this, this human being right here. So 
we have to correct that spirit. We have to get that spirit lined up with Christ. We have to get the spirit lined up with the word of God. We have to work on it. And nobody can do that except for you. If I could do it for all my kids, I would be putting in overtime because I have a lot of kids. But, but, but seriously, if I could, I would try. And I would, I would venture to say that if there's anybody who's a parent in here, if it was possible to pray your kids into heaven, you would be praying a lot more than you've been praying lately. And that counts for me as well. But it's, it's just a, a, a fact that we can't do that. It's, it's upon you and you alone. It's not, it's not anybody else. We have, to, we have to find our own salvation. We have to find our own salvation. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5 says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, in as much assurance as ye know what manner of men were among you for your sake. We need his spirit. We must have his spirit. That's the key to everything. It really is. What's the difference between this church and the church down the street? What's the difference between this church and our doctrine and the Catholic church? I'll just go ahead and say that for example, as an example. It's the Spirit of God. We, we have the Spirit of God. We follow the Word of God, and we follow the Spirit of God. We don't deviate from that. There is no plan B. Um, there's a book I'm reading, and, and it's a really great book. And um, Dan Crenshaw, he's a congressman from Texas, got an eye patch. He was a Navy SEAL. But he's, uh, one of the chapters in his book says no plan B. And as Christians, we cannot have a plan B. This, it's, it's one way, and one way, and that's God's way. It's always going to be that way. Nothing's going to change. It, it, the, this book is not going to change. His word is not going to change. God's spirit is not going to change. It's going to be the way he said, I promise. And I, I, I bet my soul on it, and I bet my, my, my life on it, and I'll do it again and again because I'm sure of this. God has shown me. Uh, we also experience what is known as the new birth. The new birth is when we identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. We identify with Jesus Christ's death through repentance. We repent of our sins before baptism, before receiving the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. We have to first repent of our sins. And after that, then we're baptized, which is identifying with a burial because we're submerged. We're immersed completely, like being buried completely within a tomb or completely in the ground. We're buried, and then, but we're, we're also, the most important part, quite honestly, is the resurrection part. That's the part where we identify with Jesus Christ's resurrection. Jesus Christ did not stay dead and buried in the grave. He is, he is alive. He is alive, and he is with us today. He was with them back then, and he is with us today in spirit form. So we need to experience the new birth. And uh, 1 John 5 and 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Born of God. That's the new birth. That's not just one piece of it. That's all of it. We need it all. We need one, not just steps 1, 2, 3, but we need steps 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And that's continuing on in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and, and holy living and righteous living, which is right living. We need to get our lives in order with the book. We need to get our lives in order with God. That's what, that's what it's all about. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. It's even our faith. So faith 
is an ingredient. Faith is a critical component to what we need to have if we're going to have God's spirit leading us, guiding us, directing us, and empowering us to live victoriously as overcomers. We need to have his spirit. We must learn to live in victory. This is the key to spiritual survival and growth. The problem with most denominational churches today is that there is no instruction on being overcomers and conquering sin in your life. I think a lot of churches, they just kind of, they pass that, they pass that chapter up or those verses that they mentioned, they just kind of, well, eh, that doesn't sound too appealing. Let's kind of, we'll get back to that maybe. Well, we, we can't get back to that maybe. We have to address it. it got, did Jesus Christ address sin? Yes, he did. Then we must address sin. He is our example. So <clears throat> there should never be and can never be any time where the church can take a passive stance on sin or the temptations and trappings of this world. There can never be that time. We have to always stand against sin. We have to stand on the right side. We have to stand with God, with God on our side. <clears throat> 1 John 4 and 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We need a, something that's more than just ourselves. I've, you know, I was young once. And uh, I was into physical fitness, and, you know, I could run really good and lifted weights and, you know, all that good stuff. It was, it was wonderful. But it didn't matter if I had muscles bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm never going to be as powerful, even if I never touched a weight in my life, with Jesus Christ. I need to have Jesus Christ on my side. If I want to experience true strength, if I want to experience true power, it's going to be done with God, with Jesus on my side. We can't worry about the things of this world. I mean, we, we have to be in this world, but we can't be focused upon the things of this world uh, so much that it consumes us and we neglect the things of God, the things of the spirit. Uh, God will give us the power to defeat sin in this world. We're not tempted beyond that which we are able to bear. Are you a slave to sin or are you a slave to God? Basically, that's the question I'm asking right now. Either you're going to be a slave to sin and you're not going to have power and you're not going to have the fruits of the spirit and you're not going to have salvation because you're not following after God. But if we have, if we're a slave to God or a son of God or a slave, to, you could say a slave to God, but it's a son of God. Then we have all these things beyond our imagination, beyond what we could ever think or dream or wish. Uh, but no man can serve two masters. You cannot do it. It's, it's impossible. Um, I want to read just a few scriptures on, on power, on the power of God. <clears throat> so I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to read them off. I'll, if you want to get the actual scriptures, I'll, I'll, read them, I'll write them down for you after. But I'm just going to read the read the words. God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. That is an encouraging scripture. If God is your strength and power, he's going to make your way perfect. That's the way I want. That's the way I want I to walk. I want to walk in the, the perfect way. Uh, am I always going to do it? 
I don't know, but I'm going to try, and that's my desire, and that's my goal, and that's my focus. I want to focus on doing what's right and following after God. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then he called his 12 disciples, this is a separate scripture, and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. That's you and me. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. This is God's power in action. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do ye not therefore err, because ye know not the Scriptures, neither the power of God. What's that telling us? If we don't have this, we're, we're not running at 100%. We're, we're, we're depleted. We're, we're, we're probably, at best, 50% if we don't have the word of God in our life sustaining us. It's, it's, it's food for our spirit. This is what strengthens our spirit. It's spiritual sustenance, spiritual sustenance. We need the word of God in our life as much as we need food in our bodies each and every day. There is tremendous power in the word. Psalm 68, 35 says, O God, there art, thou art terrible out of thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Strength and power. Raise your hand if you'd like strength and power from the Lord. Every day I will take, yeah, there you go. Give me two. Luke 24, 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with what? With power from on high. This is when the Holy Ghost was first poured out. So the Holy Ghost essentially is synonymous with power. It's synonymous with power. That is a Christian's true power, is the Spirit of God working inside of us. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So preaching of the cross. I opened, I said, the core of, of the word of God is, is the, the core message is his death, burial, and resurrection. And, and the word of God confirms it repeatedly. The preaching of the cross, that's his crucifixion before his death, or well, and encompassing his death on the cross, his earthly death. First Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Basically saying it's in demonstration. Uh, it's in demonstration. There, is, there are 
still miracles today, church. We believe in that. The church believes in that. We witness that. We see that. If you're in need of a miracle, what you need to do is you need to believe that you can receive the miracle. That's, that's the key ingredient. Your faith and your belief is the key ingredient if you want to receive that power and that miracle. Transformative power in the life of the believer. It's transforming us. That's what the power, the power is not just only something that's going to be external to your, your, your dealing with the world at large, but it's something that also God gives you power internally to grow and to, to transform into a, a new creature, a, a, better, a better version of yourself. Ephesians 3 and verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. We need to tap in, church. What I'm, what I'm, trying, to just, I'm trying to get my point across is that the power is there. The spirit is there. God is here. We need to focus ourselves and tap in to the power. Tap in to the effectiveness, the effectualness of the Holy Spirit in our life, both inside, internally, and externally in the life that we're leading right now. It's, it's very important. <clears throat> Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of of his might. Where do we get our power and ability to increase our power? 1 Peter 1 and 5 says this, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So it's God's power, but it's activated through our faith. We have to believe. We have to, we have to trust in him, and we have to, we have to enact that faith. So just as if we want to see that, that power activated or that power demonstrated, we have to first, we have to have faith, and then we have to exercise that faith. Sometimes that means stepping out into a place that we're uncomfortable with or to a place that we have never been before. But that's part of growing as, as a human being. There are going to be times of growth where you're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone. If I'll say, that, I'll say this saying. I've said it before, and I'm, I'm sure I'll say it again. If you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. And I'll tell you what, what I have right now, I'm not complaining, but I want more. I want more of God. I want more of God, not in just my life. I want God in my children's life. I want God in my family's life. I want God in the church's life. I want God to demonstrate his power and, and do miracles every day. Would it be amazing if every day we woke up expecting a miracle and saw a miracle? You know what? I could, I could, I could qualify or quantify that with one example, and that would be if every day I could wake up and watch one person receive the Holy Ghost, I've just seen a miracle. I have just seen a miracle in my life. And it is a miracle every time someone receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost that receives God's Spirit for the very first time with the evidence speaking in tongues. It is a miracle from heaven. The angels look down and they, they are in awe of us mere mortals. This is, this is important stuff. This is what we need to do. 
as our faith and walk and relationship and closeness with God increases, so does your power with God. So we need to, we need to draw near to God. We need to be closer to God each and every day. Um, I said it the other day. I said, you know, I don't mind taking it. If it's just a small step forward, I'll take it. Just don't knock me back and knock me down and knock me out. Okay, as long as I'm moving forward, there's going to be times where you stumble. There will be times when you fall. And there may be times when you do get knocked down and, and, you know, something unexpected comes and just hits you. And if you get hit when you're not expecting it, it can affect you, okay? Has anybody ever been hit before with, you know, not expecting to be hit? And it, it doesn't feel good. It's, it, it can happen. I mean, sometimes it's a good thing because sometimes it'll make you wake up because you're, you're too busy just daydreaming and you're not focused. And that's just God's way of getting your attention. Hey, uh, I've, been, I've been trying to tell you uh, I'm coming back. And, you know, I mean, time's getting short. You know, what do I got to do? And he's, sooner or later he's going to come up and whack you across the, across the back of the head and, you know, whatever it takes. I mean, God's not going to, well, he might do that, but, but he's not going to violate your, your will. He, he's he's going to draw you through love, and he's going to draw you by many other ways. And quite honestly, he's, he's going to use us. He's going to use the church to help gather in, to gather in those that are lost. I saw some, some talking about the faith that we have to have. It's, it's so important. And when I was um, writing this and when I was thinking about um, demonstrations of faith, this one image came to mind. It was from a while back. And it was uh, an image of a church. I might have even said this before, but I'm not sure. It was an image of a church in the Philippines. And I have not been to the Philippines, and I've been threatening to go to the Philippines for a lot of years with uh, Pastor Buxton, and I will go with him one of these days. I, we, we're going to make that trip, or I'm going to make that trip. He's made it many times. But <clears throat> they, don't, they don't live quite the same as, as we do here in the United States and the Philippines. I'm not going to say it's a third world country, but it's, it's, not, it's not like us. They're not quite as prosperous as us. And some people live still in, um, in, in the jungle. Out, out in the jungles, and there's just, it's a variety of very basic, uh, basic needs being met. Uh, I, b I believe that this, this church, if I'm not mistaken, we took up an offering for the Philippines one year, and we bought the pastor of a church, or actually I believe he was the pastor of more than one church, he was the pastor of I believe two or three or more churches, with, with that collection that we made right here in Carson City at, at this church, we bought the pastor a, a mule or a, or a horse so that he can get to his congregations and preach. Does anybody remember that? And we did that. That right there, that, to me, that's incredible. To them, that's like a Mercedes Benz. I mean, it, you, I mean you ain't getting a Mercedes Benz up the side of a, a, a mountain. I'd rather have a mule or a, a dog or whatever it is. Okay, but, but we, we can do that. But back to the Philippines is when I saw this, this picture... It, the first, I'll tell you, the first thought that came to my mind was, I will never have a valid reason to not attend church. I will never have it. And so this was after um, either a hurricane or flooding had occurred there. And basically, their entire church was flooded. And some of you may have seen this picture. I don't know. But, I mean, some of the walls might have been blown out. I'm not sure if it was or not. Probably not because they were inside the building. 
but the water was literally this high. And there were some people standing on chairs, and there were some people standing in, in the water, but they were praising and worshiping God after, after a disaster had struck in, in their community, and, and they weren't going to miss church. They're like, you know what? They knew. They had their priorities in order. They had, their, they had their minds on right. They're like, you know what? Some of them may have lost everything they ever owned. And God forbid that happens to me or any of us because I don't know what I would do. But, but I do know what I would do. I would immediately, I would just turn to God. That's, that's all you can do. And that's exactly what I would do. I, God, I trust in you. And if this happened, it's, it's got to be a reason. And I don't have to know everything. All I have to know is I love you and I'm going to serve you, God. And I'm going to follow you no matter what. But these people, you cannot, you cannot deny their faith. That is a demonstration of faith. I'm sure that was probably, it was probably like the spies spying out the land. You know, the pastor might have gone around to the congregation. Hey, y'all want to have church today? And maybe some of them said, no, you know, I just, you know, my dog died or my cat died or God forbid something worse happened. And, you know, and then he go to the next and they're like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling it today, Pastor. But then you had those couple of people that were, that were dead set and they weren't going to say no. The pastor, you, you, if I hold church service, will you come? Yes, Pastor, I'm going to be there because we need God now more than we ever have. When we're going through these difficult times, when we're going through a hurricane or a flood or a tsunami or whatever, whatever it is in the world, that's when I'm going to reach for God even more than, than I would normally. There's going to be people who, who may not see it that way, but that's the way, that's a true, a, a true demonstration of faith when you can sit back in the, in the face of adversity and say, I'm going to the house of God, and I'm going to give God what I owe him, which is my praise, my love, my adoration, the fruit of my life that he has given me. If we're true disciples, we must be continually pressing toward the mark. We always have to be pressing toward the mark, moving forward. We all have a mission to accomplish in the kingdom of God. And with that, I say this, and that, that is talking about a mission. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we have missionaries, and where the missionaries go, they call it the, the mission field. But we also, I mean, this, where we are now, this is our mission field. This is where, where we live is our mission field. I may not make that trip to the Philippines. I plan on it, but I may not make it. But I can start my missions trip right here where I am right now in Carson City, in Silver Springs, in Lake Tahoe, in Reno, in uh, Fernley. It, it doesn't matter where I am. Wherever you are, that field is, is for you. That is a field for you. And the power of God is going with you. The power of God is going to stay with you. Why would I sit up here and quote you 10 different scriptures on the power of God if I didn't believe it was going to encourage you to know that God will empower you. He will give of himself to you. Uh, we, need to, we need to focus on our mission, and our mission is, it's truly, it's saving souls. Why do we want to have a new church, a home church? M number one reason, so we can have more people come and more people can find salvation in Jesus Christ. That's the only reason. That's the number one reason. And I'll tell you right now, why don't we have a church right now? Because maybe we were going to get led to a church that, that would not have been conducive to that end. 
we, maybe God's got a plan that, that none of us know yet, and it's going to be a plan that is going to just astronomically blow things out of the roof. I mean, thermometers ain't got nothing on what God has planned for us. We, we, have, we have God on our side. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not ever going to, to discount God or, 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 or feel as though that there's anything that cannot be accomplished with him. Uh, but we need to be on a mission like soldiers, soldiers of Christ. Um, we, can't just, we can't just punch our time clock, you know, put in our however many hours we're going to do a day, you know, making the widgets, making widgets, making widgets, which I've done those jobs. Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of different jobs, but we can't do, we, as Christians, we can't just get a normal job punching in that clock nine to five. We have to, we have to take it a little bit more than that. We have to go a little bit above and beyond that. We have to have a profession. There is a difference between a profession have, has anybody ever heard profession of faith? Professing our faith? It's saying what you believe in. And if you're professing your faith, or a profession is some, uh, a, a, a job, a profession of somewhere you work, well, uh, when you have a profession, you have so much more than just a simple job. A job is just a place you go, you do what you're told, and they pay you money. That's a job, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. It's okay. Um, jobs are good. I think, you know, I, we, most of us need to have a job. And, but a profession is something that's different. Profen uh, a profession is something that advances. It advances that what you're working in. And you want to, you want to add to it. See, this, this, this thing that we call Christianity is, is growing still. So the, the profession of soldiers of Christ what we're doing is we're adding to the body of Christ and we're building as professionals would do with their profession. We're building into and onto whatever we have that we're doing, whatever we're part of, we're continuously building, continuously improving and continuously um, mentoring the next group, the next generation behind us. Because in a job, they're going to replace you with the next guy who just comes along. But in a profession, they're going to apprentice somebody. They're going to say, well, first of all, you got to have what it takes to get this job done. So we're going to give you a test drive for a little bit. And they apprentice you and they teach you and they put time and money and, and effort into you. And they build you up. And as a profession, you build up that profession. We need to build up our Christianity. We need to build up our Christian faith. We need to build up our Christian community. We need to build up our, our, our home church, our, our home group, our, our, all of our saints. This is what we need to put our efforts toward, our, our time and energy towards building of the kingdom of God. And it starts right here in the local church. That's where it starts. There's continual learning and storage and dissemination of wisdom in a profession. We have to share what we have learned with the next generation when you're doing a, a, a profession. We have to, these things, you can't just become a seasoned soldier overnight. It's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen people that were in the military for 10, 15, maybe more years, and I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in them. I, I'm just telling the truth. I'll be honest with you. If you want to develop into a 
superior or a high-level um, soldier. It, it's going to take a little bit of something. It's going to take, take more than just going through the motions and showing up every day. You have to put your heart into it. You have, to put, you have to put yourself into it. And that's what we have to do as Christians. We have to put ourselves into our Christianity. We have to put ourselves into what it is that we love, and that is serving God and the kingdom of God and the people of God and helping those around us. And even those, even those that aren't part of the church, God still loves them as well. So if we're helping humanity, we're doing the work of Christ. We're doing the work of Jesus. We're, we're being like him. We are following after him. Well, when I was in the, in the service, I didn't want to just be an average, you know, eh, if they want to promote me, I'll take the promotion, I guess, you know. I mean, I'll just hang around, and sooner or later, it'll, it'll come. That's just not, that's not the way I, I, that's not the way I went about my business. I was, w what's the mission? Let's get busy. And I wanted to, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to, I wanted to do my best. I wanted to show everybody that, hey, I didn't come here to play patty cake. I came here because I mean business. And I, I guess what? That's the same attitude that we need to have, not just myself, but each and every one of us in church. We need to have that attitude. I don't want to be a wishy-washy Christian. I don't want to be a, a, a warm-weather Christian. I want to be a 365 days, 24-7 Christian every single day. That's the kind of Christian I want to be. I don't want to be, uh, well, I'm a Christian except when I'm on vacation. No. I'm, I'm a Christian except when my family comes to town. No. I'm going to be a Christian except when people see me. No. You need to be a Christian all of the time. We need to be Christian all of the time. It's that important. It's really, it's just that important. All of these things, they take time. It takes sacrifice. It takes commitment. It takes vision. So if you ask me, why don't we have more people coming to church and, and, and falling in, into church, or not falling in, but you know, getting into church and, and being saved, I think some people just don't want to have sacrifice. They want to avoid sacrifice. They don't want to have commitment because they've made commitments in the past and they were hurt in the past because of that commitment that they made. Or maybe because their, their vision is lacking. Nobody's taken them under their wing and said, look, man, you can do better than what you're doing right now. That, there's reasons why people aren't storming these doors because if they had what we had and if they knew what we had in here, they would be banging the door down to get inside here and lift their hands and praise Jesus Christ. They would be chomping at the bit, as they say, like a horse ready to go for a race. And, and that day's going to come. That day's going to come. But it might be too late for them. I don't know. I, I pray it's not. I pray that it's not. I want to see them come right now. I mean, if they start walking in the door this instant, I would be ready to go. I mean, we will, we will do what we have to do to, to, to help develop them into the Christians that we all need to be. But sacrifice, commitment, vision, all these things, it's, it's not easy. Being part of a profession is, is not easy. And being part of an organization or a group, as Christians, we are part of that. We're a, we're a body is what we are a part of. We... We're always going to be moving forward. We're always going to be living. We're going to be living because this body is, is alive. 
the body is, what does a body do? It grows, you know, it just, it continues to grow and, and you, get, you gain more wisdom and you gain more intelligence and whatever it is. And, and that's what happens when we bring more and more people together. First Corinthians, I'm going to go and, and kind of switch gears a little. First Corinthians 10 and 13 says this. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. God's, God is on your side, church. God is on your side. I am going to stand on the word of God. You don't have anything to fear. Don't fear failure. I used to feel failure. I, I was afraid of that. Back, back before I was in church, if you were to ask me, and I did some introspection and thinking, and what was my fear? And I, I couldn't figure it out. But then I realized my fear is failure. I don't, I don't want to be a failure. I don't want to be, I don't want to be incompetent. So that's, I'm, I'm keeping that same mentality I don't want to be an incompetent Christian. I mean, incompetence doesn't mean that you're evil. It doesn't mean that you're, you're purposefully going against everybody. It just means you just don't know. You're, you're lacking the, the wisdom. You're lacking the facilities or the faculties sometimes to know how to be a better Christian or how to be a better whatever it is you're trying to be. So... We know that with God, he, he will see us through. He's going he's gonna to sustain us. I, I want to stand on the word of God. I want to stand on the word of God through the thick and the thin. If sin, if I sin, it's because I make a choice to sin. I'm not going to blame God. I'm not going to put that on him. It's not on God. God gives us a way of escape. And, and I, I, I could tell you, you could put this one to the test yourself because we know, even as children, we know. We know what's right and wrong. We know the difference between what's sin and what's not sin. We're, we're taught the Ten Commandments even when we're not in church. Everybody learns about the Ten Commandments. I mean, that's, that's ten things. You know, come on. That, that's, not, that's not trigonometry. That's not, you know, that's not hard math. Sister Sonia, you know, that's not that algebra and all. But seriously, it's, it's very simple. If, it's, if I sin, it's because I make a choice to sin. Not because God failed me. He's never going to fail us. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it, folks. I am uh, I'm coming down the home stretch already. I know everybody's excited to hear that. Um, if you'd like to come and play, whoever's going to play this closeout music here tonight. I have a few scriptures I want to quote. And um, I think we're going to just hear more along the lines of what I've already been saying. Revelation. The book of Revelation. We see this thing unfolding before our eyes, those of us that are, are awake. And you can get on the Internet, and I'm finding, I'll be honest with you, this is just me. I'm just, maybe, I'm, I'm saying this because maybe some others feel this way. Recently, I mean, I enjoy surfing the Internet a little bit. You know, I do. It's, I like looking at Instagram and Facebook and such and such and that kind of stuff. But recently... I don't feel the same about, about the internet the way I have in the past. I just don't. It, it, it is not holding a, any kind of priority in my life. It's just, it's just not doing that. Where some, I mean, I, I'm guilty. 
Yeah, I, I have woken up, opened my eyes, and I, I think of God. I do. Every, day, every morning I wake up, I think of God. But then I reach over and grab my phone. Did I get a message? Did I miss anything? Whatever. I haven't been doing that lately. I mean, it's not like I was doing it every day, but it's just, it's not as appealing to me anymore because I'm not here to get political and I'm not going to get political. But is the internet more important to my life or is are people important to my life? Are my kids more important to my life? Is my church more important to my life? Is my job more important to my life? So many things. So many things you could, you could be devoting your time to. And I'll just make a prediction. I think the Internet's going to go away. I mean, some people might say it's not going to. I would be pleased if the Internet just went away. And we had to live life like real human beings again, like real people. I remember what that was like. I do. I mean, I know I'm, I'm not real old, but my goodness, a lot of us here remember what it was like living life without the, we can do it, church. We can live this life without the internet. I don't need Facebook to get up every morning. I don't need Instagram to show you my meal that I'm going to eat. I don't need this, that, and the other thing. Matter of fact, I'm, I mean, there's a good chance I'm probably just going to delete that stuff. You know, I mean, I love my family. I love being in touch. And I like seeing funny pictures and meme culture and all this stuff. But you know what? It's not worth the, the time investment that some of us, and I'm not saying all of us, but some of us have done. So we, that's just, I, I, I'm just saying that because I, I really feel like things are changing right now. And, hey, we live in the greatest country on the face of the earth, and I'll, I'll say it, and I'll continue to say it, but I'm a little worried about the future of our country. I'm not worried about the future of our church. I'm not worried the future, about the future of my, my salvation. I mean, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm right there. I'm, I'm ready. I'm going up. I'm not going down. I'm going to heaven, and I'm taking as many people as I can take with me. Revelations 3 and 5 says this. Revelation. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Revelation 3.21 says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. So, to be Christian is to be Christ-like. That's essentially what it boils down to. Guess who else was an overcomer? Not just you and me. Jesus Christ overcame death, hell, and the grave. If Jesus is an overcomer, I want to be an overcomer. That's, that is my example right there. I'm following after Jesus. Can we, stand around the, can we stand around the sanctuary right now? Just a couple more scriptures and we're going to pray. Revelation 21 and 7 says this. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. 
That's the goal. That is the goal. That's the goal for right now. I want to overcome the negative things in my life. I want to overcome my bad attitude that maybe I used to have. I want to overcome the bad habits that maybe I used to have. I want to overcome that one sin that nobody knows about but me and God. I want to overcome that. And I'm never going to be able to do it on my own. I'm only going to be able to do it with God. But I want to be an overcomer. And when you overcome these things, your testimony is going to be something that just is going to blow people away. And we can, we can do great things with that. I mean, we really can. Don't discount it. I, I, I haven't shared a lot about myself over the years, probably as much as I should. But I'm, I'm going to try to do a little more because I think it does. I think it, do, it, it connects with people. People, they feel that. They, if you're being genuine, people know you're being genuine. If you're being full of something that's not good, they know that you're full of it. Okay? They just know. And I want to be, I want to be someone that can, that can help somebody else. Not just my children, not just everybody right here in this room, but if, if somebody comes to me hurting, I want to be able to reach up and help them, help them out a little bit. Revelation. I'm not sure if I read this one. Yeah, I did. Last scripture, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I'll tell you right now, since I told you I was going to be transparent, I'll be transparent. This scripture right here, before I wasn't even in church a year, and I was devouring my Bible as much as I possibly could, every waking moment, as much as I possibly could, I really would. And when I hit this scripture, it changed my life. Because I was battling, I was battling like PTSD stuff, military stuff. And not just the power, I'm talking about the power right here, because that's what I'm talking about tonight. But this one, he doesn't stop there. God, God knows what our needs are. And he's not going to just stop with give you a little power over here, a little power over there. He's going to give you more. He gave us not only power, but he's going to give you love, which is the greatest gift that we can give, and a sound mind. And he gave me a sound mind, church. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. There's some people that are not here, but I am here. And I'm never going to give up on God. And I'm never going to stop loving him. And I'm never going to stop praising his name. Because he is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy, Lord Jesus. I open these altars now. If you want to come and pray, let's pray. Let's, let's ask God to show us and to grant us the power, to, just the power and the strength. to. And you, he knows the need already before you even ask. He knows the need. But let's ask him anyways. Let's reach out to him right now, and he's going to answer you. God, I know you're there, Lord. I know you hear my voice, Jesus. You may have heard this prayer before, not just once or twice, maybe a hundred times, but I'm not going to stop praying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight just like, just like 
Jacob struggled with the angel that we heard about on Sunday. I will struggle with my own spirit, God, and I will, I will cry out to you to help me, to heal me, to, to, to show me your way, God, to, to guide me, to direct me, to strengthen me, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You're so good. Good church. He hears you right now. Every single thought. destined for great things, God, but we need you, Lord. I pray that you, you come and you hear the words. You hear each and every saint of God here tonight, God. My Lord, I pray. 